0: And welcome back to this week's episode of Breakthrough, a Dale Carnegie podcast. And, and if you're a student, a parent, or an educator, you're in the right place because we have like-minded people that are looking to go on their ideals and how to just show up as better leaders. And I am really excited about our guest today, and and she's the it's a senior vice president at Live Oak Bank and heads up veterinary and pet care facility lending lending and. Uh, Brandy Keck and I met at a high impact presentation skills program. And what I loved about Brandy was you shared that cat meme, Brandy. Remember? And then <laughs> we started back and forth then. And I just love the, the joyfulness and the spirit that you bring and, and the culture you've created amongst your team. So, so if you don't mind just starting out, just tell us a bit about you and and what you know what, what, what lights the fire in your heart as you engage with people. Please, would you just share a little bit about yourself?
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, One, I love cat memes. I think there are, for some reason, the internet is flooded with these amazing cat memes that'll just give you any scenario where you need to respond. And I also feel like instead of just being like, wow, congrats, thank you, whatever, a meme that's like doing some funky thing with a cat is just clutch. Um, You'll get those from me a lot. I've been at Live Oak Bank for the last six years, came in as a dental lender and moved over to the head of our vet team a couple years ago. Um, but I had known about Live Oak for a really long time, a, a part of my career path well before now. And I think it just kind of became serendipitous how I got to this point. Prior to this, I was with a national commercial real estate firm that specialized in, in dental and, and vet real estate. Prior to that, Bank of America, Practice Solutions, another dental medical vet division. So a lot of my life is in dental medical vet, but that was not the plan uh, whatsoever for a career path for me. I'm, I'm a I'm from a very, very small hick town in the middle of nowhere, Ohio. Uh, I think we looked this up not that long ago. Somebody was questioning me on who had the smaller town in which they're from. So we did it by your high school uh, zip code and the population there. And it was under a thousand, I believe it was 800. So very small town, Uh, big, big plans though. I wanted to be like Aaron Andrews. I wanted to be a a sideline reporter. So that was the plan. Did a mass media major, uh, minored in psychology. I was working at a local radio station, DJing. I was sports writing for my local newspaper. Just wanted to get that stuff on my resume. ended up taking a temporary position with the Cleveland Cavaliers, uh, trying to turn that into something again making that uh, just building the resume. That was the plan. I didn't really have a, a good solid way to go about it I just figure these names all these companies on here would would help me. Um, so I got there when LeBron got there in 2005. Whoop, whoop. And God, bless. Fantastic years for a Cleveland fan. little rough on the front end. We did get swept by uh, San Antonio our first time. So that was, that was painful, but, uh, ended up in a kind of a whirlwind there. Some people left. I ended up in a sales position pretty quickly, got on with the organization. And I thought sales people were like slick used car salesmen, gross, all of it. Um, but it wasn't. You can do it your own way. You can have your own personality. You can have your own spin and not yeah. be that person. And I kind of fell in love with the sales game. So wow. major career shift to all of it and, and the path I took with everything. But uh, yeah, sales is my jam now.
0: Love it, love it. Oh, I always you know, talk about uh, selling. Selling is a life skill. Right? We apply these things in every part of our, our daily lives. One thing you said, I really wanted this on my resume. So it sounds like you were very intentional there. Yeah. And with the young adults leaving college or you know going from high school to college, maybe there's this intentionality that might be missing or maybe they lack some motivation. What are the things that you would say is important that worked for you to keep that intentionality going uh, so that you could be really deliberate so that you could show up as your best self in your career going forward?
1: I had no freaking clue what I was doing. I just knew this small town in Ohio wasn't me. There was something bigger and I didn't know how to go out and get it. I didn't know what was even possible. I just thought from people that I had heard from, or adults that I had in my life, like, oh, you've got these names or things you've done. It will look or sound cooler than it might've actually been. You might've been just sleep, like I could have been just sweeping the floors at the radio station, but who the hell knows that? You know, all you're seeing is uh, Rock 107 was was on my resume. So to me, taking any and every opportunity you possibly have, do it. I think that the more you can show that you are trying things, that you're putting yourself out there, that you've got ambition. I mean, I did uh while I was working for the Cavs, I did game day credit card sales for Cleveland Browns games, which for the record is a miserable job. You're <laughs> in the team shop during a Browns game, I don't know if you've ever been to a Browns game, but crazy fans, the best in the country, um, they don't want anything to do with buying a credit card or t- getting a credit card while they're at the team shop. But again, that was, I could put Cleveland Browns on my resume, even though all I was doing was game day stuff, the day of, you know, um, so my advice would be do as much as you can to separate yourself, do things that other people aren't doing or aren't willing to do so that you, uh, so you get noticed, you have to be memorable.
2: Mm. Brandy, that word memorable stuck out to me because In this day and age, we're trying to compete with other people to kind of stand out, right? It's all about standing out. And there's a theme of courage that I heard in your answer also, that it really takes some courage to to step out, to maybe try things that seem different or scary. And for young adults just entering the workplace, they may think, am I really capable Mm -hmm. of working there? Am Am I really enough for that? for that role. So what would you say to kind of muster up the, the courage to take risks, you know, um for someone that might be hesitant in doing so?
1: Fake it till you make it. Um that was my mentality still is my mentality the stuff that I don't know how to do. Uh other people don't know. I, I think we've got this perception that that people can see your weaknesses or or know where you've got these shortcomings. Nobody knows. So Fake it until you feel like you've figured it out and you've got this thing down. Put yourself out there. I mean, I used to be younger, me was um, very self conscious, was constantly worried about what people would think of me and stuff like that. But I thought if I kept putting myself out there, if I kept getting out of my comfort zone, eventually. I probably wouldn't bother me anymore. Eventually, I could just be the weird me and who cares? Like, this is just me and I don't care anymore. And it, it works. The more you put yourself outside of your comfort zone, the quicker you don't have those insecurities or um, those feelings like you're not good enough because who cares? Nobody knows what you can or can't do. And eventually, you just get really used to the uncomfortable and, and crush it.
0: And I have three daughters of my own. And to be honest with you, when they were a lot younger, I could do silly because I like to be silly and have fun all the time out there in, 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 the, in the community. And um, you know, now they're starting to say, hey, dad, don't do that. Don't do that. So yeah. when you share, hey, I just had these insecurities. There's a lot of young adults, men and women, right? They have these insecurities that, that don't want to take, take these risks. How would you encourage them? Or what would you say um, to educators, to parents? And maybe to that young adult themselves, you know, do this because that'll be your benefit. It's, what what might some of the things be that you would say to an individual that felt that same or that similar insecurity that you had in your younger in your younger years?
1: I think, I think it's interesting. Uh, certainly, you know, with 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 years of getting older comes more wisdom to all that stuff, and some of it is just kind of having to go through it yourself. But I do feel like if younger people were to pay attention to the people that they really like, that they respect and admire, it's probably the people that are a little weird, that are a little out there, or perceived weird, um, goofy, being themselves, energetic, fiery, you don't know what to expect. So, so if you're looking at that, and those are the people that are you're actually attracted to, you know, those are the type of people you want to be around, the more authentically you you can be, the better version you're going to be for everyone in your life. So if you can start thinking about being just the best version of you, exactly who you are, meet yourself where you are, um, and really just fold into that, the, the happier you're going to be. I don't think this is specific to business. I think this is across the board. Professionally, personally, within relationships, the more you can show up authentically as yourself, the happier you're going to be.
0: Wow, I'll be the best version of you. I mean, if ever if there was solid advice, I mean that is something that I think we should just. I mean, if I listen to the listener, just be the best you can be. I'm mean, in our learning. We always say to people, show up as your authentic self. You want to unlock that you that's there, that hidden person. And I think it's beautiful that you're sharing that. So think about the people that you admired. Who was someone maybe that as you were starting your career or going through college or even high school that you looked at I and mean, at this university that person inspired me or who was the person that maybe encouraged you to achieve a breakthrough in your life or, or, you know, gave you that, that inspiration to be, um, the the person that you paid attention that you wanted to emulate maybe gave you that.
1: Yeah. I I think I've been really fortunate and, and lucky with having mentors and role models my whole life. Um, I have two older brothers and my oldest brother, we joke a lot. He's a lieutenant colonel in the Air Force, uh, C-17 pilot. He had his undergrad in aerospace engineering and then uh, got his doctorate in math while in the, uh, while in the Air Force for 22 years my point on all this is he's a friggin' genius. Um, so then some scraps came down to my next brother and he is really smart and athletic and all of it. But then they were like, okay, there's more scraps <laughs> down here. That's what I got. Um, this is what I got to work with, but it was, it was him and his success and what he was doing and pushing the envelope in some areas, again, small town, Ohio, and he was doing some pretty big things. Um, that pushed me and got me thinking there's more to life, there's more to this. One of one of the people who I admired most for the Cleveland Cavaliers when I was there, uh, Chad Estes, who at the time was the president of the Cavs, he's moved on, he's the CMO for the Dallas Cowboys now and also owns the Legends, which is another really interesting organization. He was just insanely driven. Um, And one of the first days I was there, you know, I'm I'm 20, I don't know, 24 years old, I think at that point, and we're having these meetings and I'm I'm sitting with uh, Danny Ferry and and Coach Brown. This is ridiculous, the situation that I'm in. And he's having a meeting with all the salespeople and I don't even know what the heck I'm doing yet. But he (laughs) said, treat the CEO of the company and the janitor the exact same. Mm -hmm. You're no better or no worse than either one of them. And it, it's, it's having mentors like that in your life that make you realize we're all the same, no one's better, no one's worse. And if you carry that type of attitude through your whole life, I think it serves you really well. Um, there's a string of people thereafter and during, but those were a couple of people that really paved some paths for me and made me understand what the, uh, what this is all about.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful, Brandy. I, I've heard that quote before, and it rings true to to me as well, that. To treat everyone as equal also helps with not getting intimidated by those ones in the higher up positions, you know, as a 24 year old, um, it's, it could be hard, right? No, going into a space, feeling like you're kind of an imposter in a way, yeah. like, what am I doing here? You know, but these, <laughs> with these people and how did you at, at 24 really step into your own by gaining that mentorship that you did and by being in those situations where you maybe felt like you weren't supposed to be there like you said what am I doing here you know so how did you kind of cross over into that confidence with those experiences that you had I think the
1: only way to do it is to go through it and push hard while you're doing it I mean I it, it, we had to do um Night sales for the Cavs when I first got started. Uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. It's a. Uh, it's also Quicken Loans Arena. So you're selling Cleveland Cavalier tickets. We had a minor league hockey team. We had um, shows like Disney on Ice and all that stuff coming. So you're, you're kind of selling everything. And they would give us Ticketmaster lead sheets. At the time, this is a while. This is a while ago. Where it would be like 50 names and numbers on a page because they had bought something at the arena. Some tickets to something at some point in the last five years, and you are calling them at night to sell these people, sell these people um, Mac pack tickets, which was like Akron zips and Kent state basketball, uh, basketball tickets to their tournament. It's a it's a horrible thing to do on every level. You're calling them at home. You're calling them during dinner. They may have come out to Disney on ice and you're trying to get them to buy basketball tickets. Horrible. I would leave there at night bawling. Nothing about it was Fun. Um, It would be, I would completely be lying to say that I enjoyed any of it because I didn't. I hated it. But my only thought was rep after rep after rep. Eventually, this isn't going to hurt so bad. So I just think the advice is do it. You've got to get through the miserable to get to the good place. And eventually, it just clicks and you either you're either really good at it, you're either really good at it or you just don't care anymore. Like it just doesn't the impact that it did once. So either way, you win.
0: <laughs> do that miserable part to get to the wins, right? we have got to go through yeah. the process. And yes. It's about, it's about tenacity, isn't it? I mean, if you think yes. about being tenacious and you said, Hey, man, you transitioned into the sales role and now you're this the sales profile individual. So if you think about the team that you're leading. What is the culture you're trying to create in your team with this with this with this attitude of you know I got to the only way to do it is to go through it and you know do the miserable to get the results sort of thing. What is the culture you're trying to espouse within your team uh, to make them successful?
1: Definitely that, but I think a bigger part of of me and I guess I figured this out as I was getting into uh, leadership roles. I I want everyone to be having fun. I think this should be fun. I think it should be weird. So the culture is fun, laughter, weird. We're doing this together. It is a, I am 100% all about team. I always have been. Sports are a big part of my life. I like a team atmosphere and we're going to do this together and we're going to have a hell of a lot of fun doing this together too. I'm a, I'm a big believer in, my favorite thing on the planet to do is laugh and, and bring this to a place of of weird and enjoy it. It should not be, I mean, we're, we're doing boring things. We're selling loans. Like this is not glamorous <laughs> at all. Um, you can do it in a way where you're having fun and enjoying yourselves and um, mixing it up. So that, that's the culture. That's what I wanted. I wanted this to be very much, it felt like a team. It felt like a family and we were gonna have a heck of a lot of fun doing it.
2: I love what you're saying, Brandy. (laughs) (laughs) You just said it yourself, you know, maybe it's not so fun like selling Yes. but (laughs) but we're going to make it fun, right? I just love that energy about you and the way that you put a spin on things and the culture that you're trying to create and that you are creating currently, um, Man, that is just so cool. So, what, what what would you say is the hardest part about getting people in line with that vision to to laugh more, to have fun, and to spin while doing things? Because as a leader, you can you can do that yourself, right? But how do you get the rest of your team to do that as well?
1: Yeah, uh, uh, again, taking people out of their comfort zones. So it's about doing things that that make them step out and and. Be goofy, have fun, look like an idiot together, and the more you can do that, the more you, you the, the the walls come down, right? Like you've um you've had some shared experiences that that make you make you feel better and start to do things uh, more effectively. Not not to to be a shameless plug to you guys, but that's that's why I wanted Neville and team to be here at Live Oak and work with with my team specifically because. We needed training in um, public speaking for sure. We do a ton of presentations, trade shows, um, you know, one-on-one. We're, we're, we're actually public speaking every day to, to mm-hmm. customers. But there was another piece to that. I wanted them to have a shared experience where they were having fun, going outside of their comfort zone, pulling down those walls. So it gets, it just builds upon itself. I had done Dale Carnegie training. 20-ish years ago when I was with the Cavaliers, uh, uh, so uncomfortable, like I, I, oh god, like coming out of my skin with how uncomfortable I was, like I probably get heart palpitations if I start thinking about this, very young, uncomfortable, uh, not, not a public speaker, any of that stuff, I, I really wanted to be, um, I thought I could get there someday, but it was awful slash amazing, Mm-hmm. which is is how we describe it. Lindsay Harkey who is head of our dental team uh, did that we did this together with with Neville coming down here. And that's what we said. this is going to be amazing and awful and wonderful and uncomfortable and, and all of the things at one time. And that's exactly what happened. It became a bonding experience for mm-hmm. the team. And you you watched our team, you watched some some folks on our teams day one, uncomfortable, not, not speaking up, not being weird, not having that much fun. Today too, they're jumping on desks and running out of the (laughs) office and throwing things. It was like, yes, this worked. We got it. Um, so to me, it's doing that stuff. It was really important to me to keep doing things where I'm kind of forcing, (laughs) forcing a bond with the team and, and getting them out of their comfort zone. So, so they want to, they want to loosen up a little
0: bit. That forcing is a key word because I mean, with it's parenting, you've got to force your kids to do certain things, you know, yeah. so that they can do the uncountable things. So they become contributing family members. You're forcing your sales team to do things that become contributing team members. Yeah, And, and I think that's part because growth and comfort does not, does not coexist. <laughs> so it's driving that process. One of the things you said is we've got to, we, we got to work together. And I think when we show up and we have this fund and we show our vulnerability, we encourage others in the team to see more of who we are and that kind of encourages them to do the same. Um, When you meet someone and say, hey, they're not part of the team or they're not finding this, how, how do we get them to move to other departments where they're better suited or maybe encourage them to say, hey, this may not be a good fit for you. What are some of the leadership advice that you could give to say, hey, man, this may not be a good fit for you. you know, you've been here for a couple of months or maybe we're just interviewing them and they're not, they're not the right fit. How could we manage that as leaders possibly in, in your experience, do you think?
1: I think I've been a work in progress with this and I, I'm continuing to try to get better at it because I know for myself, I really like direct feedback even to the point of someone's probably uncomfortable saying it to me or you know it's not not that positive or whatever but i I like to think i'm I'm coachable so i i want i'm not going to get better if you don't tell me where i'm messing this up you know um i think where we have challenges myself in particular is you go through that interview process with someone and you just say you're not the right fit, or this isn't the right time, or we have someone with more experience or whatever. When the actual answer is right there, you're just not telling the person because you're afraid of hurting their feelings or where they're going to take this or who they're going to talk to or whatever. I think it's really important as leaders that we try to give as much constructive feedback as possible and help them grow. This isn't a matter of, hey, this doesn't work for you. You're not going to be the right fit give it more, tell them exactly what it is that isn't working in and, and put them in scenarios where they could. I don't think everyone is meant to be a salesperson by any stretch, but I also don't think that it's a one size fits all. There's multiple ways to do this. So let's walk them through it a little bit, you know, and then see what, what we could do to help them get better in that area or find a different path based on their strengths. But the only way that happens effectively is when everyone's open and honest. And that that's, uh, that's something that's a work in progress for, for me too.
0: Yeah, fantastic. Man, I just can't believe where the time is going. <laughs> and again, just <laughs> bringing this energy, and it's, it's wonderful. Just a final question, if we could ask you is around a breakthrough in your life. What was a breakthrough that you got in your life, whether someone helped you get that or something that happened to you that this became a breakthrough so you could go and become? Uh, this wonderful fun inspiring individual that you actually are now what, what would you say that one breakthrough was
1: harry smith um God, i don't know if this would have come up if i hadn't mentioned the ticket master lead sheets but this is definitely <laughs> a, a ridiculous turning point in my life so we're doing those late night calls i mean this is after you'd worked eight to six and you're doing the calls afterwards so you know long day whatever I'm calling on these Ticketmaster lead sheets. It's miserable. I'm crying. I don't like it. Whatever. And I get on the phone with Harry Smith. And Harry was like, I don't know, in his late 50s at this point. And he just took my call. <laughs> and I'm like, look, I, I mean, I was as as real of me as I could have been. I'm like, look, I suck at this. And I don't even know if you like basketball. And I and I walk through the story and I just approached it from a completely different lens. And Harry has a son who really likes basketball. And he's like, do you really think this would be a good experience? I'm like, honestly, yes. And I'm explaining how these games go and watching the tournament. And you know, even if you're not a fan of basketball, the, the team camaraderie and what it means for a smaller community, all that stuff. Harry bought the dang Macpack. It was my first sale ever. Um, Harry and I are still friends on Facebook. Uh, I've watched his kids grow up and have children and all that stuff just some random guy. It was a turning point for me for sure of saying, Wait, I, I think I can do this. I think I can do this a different way. I don't have to be this, what I talked about on the front end, you know, this slick person. I can, I can stay true to who I am as a person so long as I never work for a company or sell a product that I don't believe in. Yeah. I, I, wholeheartedly believe at any point you don't feel confident in your company or organization or the product that you are slinging, get out. If you fully believe in what you're doing and who you're working for, it's not a sales job. I authentically believe this is the best option for you. And here's why um, you can have a, a really, really fantastic career. Harry is a
2: turning point. Brandy you brought so much passion and and realness and authenticity to this podcast. I mean that last story it had me like laughing and crying in the same 2 minutes, right? And and I think that's just um that's just so cool how he was able to have a super big impact on you and still to this day, like just seeing the the smile and emotions when you tell that story. Um it's just really inspiring. So thank you so much for, for being on our podcast and providing all this um encouragement and laughs and, and goofiness. I mean, yes. we've we've gotten a lot of takeaways and I'm sure our listeners um will as well. So thank you for being our guest. If people want to connect with you, um, how could they do that on social media, Brandy? Um, So LinkedIn is just my name, Brandy
1: Keck, I think. (laughs) There's another (laughs) name out there. Tell me what it is. Um, That's probably the best way. Uh, I'm happy to give out my contact information as well here at Live Oak. It's it's an easy way to get me. My uh, my email is brandy, B-R-A-N-D-Y, dot keck, K-E-C-K, at live oak l-i-v-e-o-a-k dot bank
2: perfect we'll put your linkedin and email address in Thanks. the description for people to check out if they'd like to connect with you and oh, also- i forgot
1: this, how to spell oak so i think that that would be fantastic <laughs> for you to actually put it in there. it's a challenging word so
2: Perfect. I'll put it in the description. And if you want to follow us on Instagram listeners, please follow us um, on Instagram, Greater East NC, and stay connected with us and subscribe. Hit the subscribe button so that you see more awesome guests like Brandy come on. Um, thank you again, Brandy. And thank you, Neville, for co-hosting. And we will see you on the next episode.
0: Look Thanks forward out. to the next episode. Thanks, Faith. Thanks so much, Brandy.
2: you yeah.